Here's Dave. And joining us live from Choctaw Casino and Resort, Gordon Keith. Keith. On the road to Choctaw. You're driving right now? Yeah, I am. There's, I don't even want to talk to you. This, this is not safe. <laughs> you sound great though. Do I? I'm at a, uh, a stoplight right now because I pulled off on the, you know, on the service road to try to establish contact. But when I get on the highway, I won't drive too fast, so yeah. there's not too much highway noise. You're but, driving like yeah, Sam so Williams. Can, this is at a least really okay. great idea. Yeah. All right, Dave, go. All right. Well, we do have a few things to get to today. First off, it's official. Barbie is the highest grossing movie of the year in North America. It has surpassed Super Mario Brothers. Barbie is now 575.4 million and Super Mario did 574. And they've also gone past uh, 1.3 billion globally. And Mario <laughs> is at 1.35 billion. So still a little ways to catch Mario at the global box office. Why did I hear nothing about Super Mario compared to Barbie? Literally, think about it. Like when Mario came out, the, the, the main thing we heard was Chris Pratt exactly. was just being Chris Pratt. He, well, he didn't sound Italian or anything like that. And going, oh, my God, a mushroom. Whoa. <clears throat> I mean, was that too Italian for you? That might have been yeah. too Italian. Okay. Was it too perfect? Did you guys think that you were in I, Italy? Yeah. I, I thought I was having spaghetti just then. <laughs> that guy's incredible. Uh, but we didn't hear anything about it. And then... I but, often think I'm having spaghetti. But Barbie, we hear something every single day. I don't understand the difference. They both made the same money. Well, one of the reasons is we give Barbie a little love every day. Well, I think, too, because Barbie is... It, it stars actual humans and not CGI graphics. That's true. And Mario's a kid movie. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so a couple of notes for Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers is the studio that put Barbie out. Barbie is, it has made one record and is on the verge of setting another, as Barbie recently surpassed The Dark Knight, which made $536 million, as the highest grossing domestic release in Warner Brothers history. In the history of Warner Brothers Studio, Barbie is the biggest domestic release ever. It just doesn't even make sense. And as far as global box office, it could surpass Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, which made $1.34 billion in 2011. And if it surpasses that, it would be the highest grossing worldwide release in 100 years for Warner Brothers. Damn. I wonder if... Um, I'm going to go see Dark Knight again to see if I can pass it back. It's so good. Like, I've seen it Stem to stern in the last the Dark Knight, yes, dude. In the, in the last six months, it's amazing. It's phenomenal how good it is. Several false endings though, and if you can't get enough Barbie, tighten it up a little bit. Yeah. Nolan. Beginning September twenty second, they're going to do a limited one week IMAX release of Barbie. Maybe they're trying to get Oppenheimer off some IMAX screens. I think it's just just squeeze the turn of one <laughs> yeah, last time. Yeah, but and the the hook. In addition to being on the larger format, they're going to have additional post scene or post credit scenes in the IMAX release. Okay, I did see the Ryan Gosling dance 
like have you, did you see those him yeah yeah the kind the of rehearsals? The, all the rehearsal and behind the scenes stuff yeah, yeah it's great that was cool yeah um the production company behind the blind side has spoken out alcon entertainment so they financially backed the blind side and they want to defend the film against quote many mischaracterizations and uninformed opinions from the guy it was based on yeah <laughs> so they clarify they say that Michael Orr and the other four members of the Tui family were collectively paid 767,000 for the rights to their story and that the quote notion that the Tuies were paid millions is false yeah, I, this is a rather disturbing story, mainly from the standpoint of because of the movie, you just kind of thought, oh, my God, that guy and his family are so cute. And it's so sweet what they did for him. And they love each other. Love and is gonna, colorblind. And, and they love each other forever. Right, and he's going to be appreciative of what they did for him till the end of time. And then 12 years later. Yeah, can I have my seventeen million dollars back? And they're like, "What? We we don't need money. We we're rich already. Yeah, we love so, you. So we don't Mike, love money." So Michael Orr's petition, as part of his petition, he's asking the Tuies for a full accounting of the money made from the film, and so that means that they have to go back to two thousand four and file the accounting of their finances for every year since then. So that's a pain in the ass. And he also accuses them of enriching themselves off of his name and likeness in the wake of the movie. Because, for instance, Leanne Tui charges 30 to 50 grand per appearance as a motivational speaker. God. And they have a foundation called the Making It Happen Foundation. Not Have a Wish, but Making It Happen. Remember when you made phone calls for Have a Wish? I did not. That's a, I've made phone calls. And that's where these similarities stop. But making it happen pledges to help children who fall through the cracks of society. Generic. They've brought in more than a million dollars since 2010, including some donations from Sean Tui's businesses. Sounds like money laundering. And that the foundation has spent less than 20% of donations on charitable efforts. So there, there's going to be a Maybe lot of Kevin scrubbing James. of their finances. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think this just goes to show you if you're planning on adopting a 17-year-old potential NFL offensive lineman, just don't. Okay. <laughs> wow, what a PSA a, for adoption. It's a very specific lesson. Words of wisdom. Uh, Rick and Morty has set its premiere for Season 7. Season 7 will debut on October 15th on Adult Swim. However, they have still not announced who is going to replace Justin Roiland as the lead voice actor of the two main characters, Rick and Morty. All right. I was thinking about this the other day. And, Gordon, maybe you can assist me on this because you're into this type of stuff, and I'm a I'm a caveman when it comes to it. So if you missed the story, Kevin Roiland got embroiled in some form of Me Too-y, underage girl, well, online... The, the main thing... That was oh, ancillary. Oh. The, the <laughs> that one didn't hey, matter. The the and the, hey. the Me Too e uh, DMs with the perhaps underage girl. That was kind of the cherry on top, so to speak. But the main oh. thing in March was 
uh, back in March is that there was uh, he had domestic violence charges against him from a former oh. girlfriend or, or fiance. Oh, and that too. Okay, yeah. Those charges ended up being dismissed. And so he is... More or less been exonerated, but he is still persona non grata. Nobody wants to touch him. Okay. So he's the voice of Rick and Morty. So, like, the two most important characters, clearly. Wow. So in finding a replacement, we're not dealing with finding, you know, a new Darren in Bewitched. Cool reference, Corby. Or uh, uh, in Roseanne when they had to replace one of the daughters and they just got someone that kind of looked like them. And- or Bo and Luke with Coy, Coy yeah, and Vance. Coy. We are now in an era and an age where it seems like any voice can be replicated. Can they not do some sort of AI, Gordon, to, AI, where, yeah. to where you get almost an exact match? I would think that they could. Now, I bet you there's a legal question surrounding that. I don't know that the law is settled on this. Can they, like in the contracts that they signed with that guy, did they have the rights to the likeness of his voice in perpetuity? I don't know. Yeah, and that's the, um, maybe now, especially now with the writer strike and the actor strike going on, and it most of it revolves around what I just talked about. I wonder if they're backing away from that because that would be some sort of infringement on the people that they work with on a daily basis, both writers and actors. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems as though Adult Swim owns Rick and Morty, and that means they own the voices, they own the likenesses, yeah. all of that. So even if Justin Roiland had left, he couldn't claim that they couldn't continue without him, and the fact that he was fired even more so. Yeah. But if the AI voice is good enough, I would much rather hear the AI voice that's that's an exact match than some new actor coming in and doing it. But see, you're the, the, the problem, though. I'm interested right if now. Rick and Morty are joining us now. Dude, good luck on that. Is this on ESPN or NBA? TV? So Gordon didn't didn't, but no, didn't, <laughs> didn't this happen in Looney Tunes at some point? They they had to recast Bugs Mel, and, Mel Blank. Yeah, they did it with well, his son. Yeah. Well, Mel Blanc got old, and he couldn't quite do the voices anymore, even though I think he thought he could. But, uh, yeah, oh. they replaced him a little bit uh, towards the end of his life. And, then, of course, when he died, he was really, really replaceable then. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. This guy needs to die. Needs well, to die. Uh, is, that, huh. is that where this conversation is supposed to be headed? Yeah, this, exactly. But yeah, Gordon, that you're you're the issue. That the, this is why people are picketing right now because you're like, well, I, I mean, if they're going to cast a guy that looks like Brad Pitt, just use you know AI Brad Pitt and let him go and go. right. He, but he, then I can just fire back at them, you know. Oh, so you support uh, uh, domestic abusers? <laughs> I mean, you're wanting the domestic abuser to get a job? Yeah, you could. Do you think deba- debates are productive and fruitful, Gordon? Is that what you're saying? We need to send Gordon <laughs> out. Is like just a saying we've got tons of verbal weapons now that we can keep the world at a complete paralysis. I love this age. If we just sent Gordon in there to be the mediator between the studios and the actors and the writers, would anything get accomplished? No. No, it no, actually. Last be time a... I tried to mediate something, it didn't help. No. Hi We're all pretty bad at that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Seemed easy at first. Let us get into... God, it did. It was so easy. You know what? Let me just walk in there. I got this, guys. Pat up on the back. No problem. 
Uh, all right, let's get into Bob, because Bob watched something that we've all watched a thousand times for the first time. Tenacious D, next. Estate. Pretty yeah. much. Well, and we were, I don't think we were talking about this on the air, but off the air, we were talking about in the early aughts, because this came out in 99. Yes. And it, for the longest time, after it was gone off of HBO, you never saw it again. That's right. And so, yes, they were bootleg VHSs, and we used to, late night at the Barley House, sometimes we would just put those in to the the VCR and watch them with just our buddies up at the Barley House. And when you hear you have to hunt it down to see it, then you assume it's like five seasons of ten episodes, and you're like, uh, too much trouble. I could have watched the entire series in one hour. It's like watching one episode of Hard Knocks. (laughs) That makes no sense. I know. It's so bizarre. Like, how did they make such an impression with one hour? Dude, I don't know. And the funny part, like, the second episode is they get in a fight, and they're trying to write one song. They only knew one song. Yeah, the open mic host (laughs) tells them, you can come back next week, but we're tired of all your songs. You need to have a new one next week. That was great. And they end up splitting up, and then they just pop back up on stage with this. Last week, Kyle quit the band. (laughs) Now we're back together. Misunderstanding, didn't understand. Doesn't matter, now we're back together again. La 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 la, couldn't split up Cato and Nash. That's true. (laughs) Couldn't split up Tango and Cash. This is our song of exultant joy because. We only came to kick some ass. Rock and house and kick some ass. What we're gonna do with all the cash? Smoke hash and then we're fresh. We'll throw a big old bash, y'all. And everyone is invited to the bash. And it is. I mean, like, they're up there heavy metal in their way through it all on these little acoustic guitars. So I had to look up who was Cato and Nash because it rhymed with Tango and Cash. Green Hornet, baby. Really? Yeah. Okay, because this because yeah. somebody on the line was speculating that it's just. Nash Cato of Urge Overkill, and I'm like, no, no, what? No, no, no. no, it's from the Green Hornet. It is? Right? Yeah, yeah the TV show, the Green Hornet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bruce well, Lee, right? Yeah, originally, yeah. All right. Well, yep. then the internet lies again. Anyway, so we'll have Kyle and uh, Jack Black on, I'm hoping next week, but we had Bob do the homework assignment. and I'm happy. After 20 years of asking him to watch it, he does it. It was great. Okay, so good. Me, can I, Let me ask you this. What are they coming on for? What are they promoting? So they got a gig. You know, they tour, and they're playing September 14th in Grand Prairie at the Texas... Texas Trust CU Theater. Yeah. Old, uh, what was it called? The old Verizon, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was something else before that. But Gordon, you need to go, and you do too, Bob. Dave and I have seen them multiple times. Dude, it is such a fun show. It is, it's part 
Vegasy. I mean, it's a comedy act. It's and a, so yeah, it's a comedy review and a concert all in one. Right. It's and it's so I well done. Jack, they're way into it. I think I may need to dust off the old TV cameras and do an interview with them, a la Zach Galifianakis. What you probably should after we do our interview yes. with them. Yeah, oh. you can't cut oh. the line. <laughs> but but thank you. I loved yes, it. Yes, after you guys. And I'd love to go see them live. Yeah, dude, let's I mean, we'll, we'll we'll do it. Booked. It's done. Okay. The four of us? Done. Yes. 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 We'll all go. Come in. Okay. And we'll go get tuna it's, before. It's September the 14th uh, out there in oh, Grand Prairie. Oh, Shut no. up. You're going. <laughs> all right, Gordon. Thank you very much, man. Drive safe, you, boys. Weirdo. Yes, and uh, <laughs> tune in tomorrow morning, 535 to 10 a.m. George and I doing the show alone from Choctaw Casino. Sweet. Win some money. Currently streaming on Max, as is their uh, Pick of Destiny movie. But we gave... Bob the homework assignment yesterday. Yes. Because he had never seen the original series to go back and watch these six mini episodes, a little over an hour, maybe Total. an hour and a it's half a, of no, hour, no, 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 hour it's, and five minutes. Yeah. Hour and five minutes of content. Yeah. That was your homework for the interview that got pushed. Right. But since you watched it, now we're ready to get the Bob Sturm review of Tenacious D. First off, for those who haven't seen it, the premise is insane. The premise is these two total slackers, for lack of a better word, they form a band, but they're only able to play open mic nights. They don't have any gigs. They just walk into open mics and... They live in a crappy apartment. Yeah, they're roommates. Right. And their bit is they're way into like metal music. Like, way into it, yet they try to emulate that style, but only play acoustic guitar. Right. <laughs> so it's really, really weird, and how confident they are going up there in front of these these open mic people that are just half-ass interested, but they already think that they're Led Zeppelin. Yes. Okay? Yeah, I, I would say, after watching that hour of insanity... That you're dumber? For it? Probably, but you know what? I don't understand how I missed this. And mo- even worse, I was surrounded by people telling me how great it was, which for some reason up here at the ticket, there we, we have so many people uh, showing us where the good content in life is, and you uh, can either take it or you can become a contrarian uh, and, and just like stand your ground against it because of no reason other than you just want to be that guy at that moment. And I guess I was that guy at that moment because why would I resist this? I mean, this is... It's funny. It's really funny. And And it's good. It took no time to watch. And I'm happier that I know that's how Jack Black really got going. At least I assume it is. Yeah. And this launched him into High Fidelity, um, which launched him into School of Rock. All of those things were kind of in consecutive order. Let me ask you, what was their relationship with Flight of the Concords, if any? Because it feels like Flight of the Concords is a direct ripoff of pretty much all of this. I think, Which, by the way, I also think is genius. I think to Flight of the Concords credit, they were doing these things in the 90s. Were they? And before it became a thing. Much like Tenacious D was doing this in the mid-90s, maybe even early 90s before they kind of caught on and figured out how they could monetize it. And so I think it, and they're, you know, on another planet too, in Australia, basically, before they got discovered, fly to the Concords. But you're right. 
It is kind of the same thing. But if you told me that those guys grew up watching Tenacious D videos and that inspired their entire act, I would believe you because it seems obvious. Yeah. And, and Goro, I don't know where you stand, but like you said earlier, they're, they're really good musicians. Very obviously. talented. The song, all of the, the little vignettes, the playlets were basically just to get the songs out there. And the songs themselves, dude, they're so catchy. Not only are they ridiculous and funny, they're so catchy. So this is the opening. This is the first scene. Literally, you see a door that says open mic night. And here these guys come in their shorts and T-shirts with their acoustic guitars looking like they're walking side stage to, to open up for Led Zeppelin at open mic night. And they walk up here, and here's what you heard. Okay. Uh, up next, these two guys have been here for the last couple weeks. Um, um, they asked me to read this. Warning. If you want your asses blown out... Stay in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, Tenacious D. So all the ladies in the house, say yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, you mother****, say a prayer. Pray when you fight, you gotta fight fair. fair. You mother****, oh, you mother****, you know what time it is. Tenacious D, time, you So that's how they open the show. Walking through the crowd. Yes. It's just, it's so insane. And uh, and then they kind of, you know, ingratiate themselves to the audience, play that song, and then they go right into this. This is a song called The History of Tenacious D, and it's not just a list of things that we've done in the past, but it's also a chronicling of our rise to power. Again, they're at open mic night. Right. <laughs> and they, this is a chronicling of their rise to power. It's possible they haven't risen to power. To power! We ride with kings on mighty steeds across, across the, the devil's, devil's plain. plain. We've walked with Jesus and his cross. He did not die in vain, no! Kyle's fingers be silver, voice then be gold, but lest you think we're vain. We know it's open mic night, we don't care. Tenacious D, we reign. We reign supreme, oh God. A real supreme, and a chicken supreme, and a nut so supreme. Yeah, and what's lost are the facial expressions of Jack Black. Uh, oh my God, and the lack of expression from Kyle. Yeah, I mean, they're both perfect. Like, I always thought Kyle was like his dad or something when I first started watching it. Did you? He looks all old. He's sixty-three, by the way. Jack's turns fifty-four. You said in like a week or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and I love I love KG, and maybe I love him because. He was he was on the show, and we used to call him during Why Today Doesn't Suck so often. During his birthday. Did you know the musicianship, though, was this good? No. No, I didn't know any of this. I mean, honestly, there were clips on bad radio all the time from Tenacious D, and I just sort of 
just accepted that that's what Dan wants to play all the time, and you know, you guys were into it, and and it, I I I feel like uh, a big error for me. Now I do wonder about the the magic of like Max or HBO Max. And I feel like back then to see these three episodes, somebody had to hand you a VHS tape. Pretty yeah. much. Well, and we were, I don't think we were talking about this on the air, but off the air, we were talking about in the early aughts because this came out in 99. Yes. And it, for the longest time after it was gone off of HBO, you never saw it again. That's right. And so, yes, they were bootleg VHSs, and we used to, late night at the Barley House, sometimes we would just put those in to the the VCR and watch them with just our buddies up at the Barley House. And when you hear you have to hunt it down to see it, then you assume it's like five seasons of ten episodes, and you're like, uh, too much trouble. I could have watched the entire series in one hour. It's like watching one episode of Hard Knocks. <laughs> that makes no sense. I know. It's so bizarre. Like, how did they make such an impression with one hour? Dude, I don't know. And the funny part, like, the second episode is they get in a fight, and they, they're trying to write one song. They only knew one song. Yeah, the open mic host <laughs> tells them, you can come back next week, but we're tired of all your songs. You need to have a new one next week. That was great. And they end up splitting up, and then they just pop back up on stage with this. Last week, Kyle quit the band. <laughs> now we're back together. Uh, misunderstanding, didn't understand. Doesn't matter. Now we're back together again. La 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 la. Couldn't split up Cato and Nash. That's true. <laughs> Couldn't split up Tango and Cash This is our song of exultant joy Because we only came to kick some ass Rock and house and kick some ass What we're gonna do with all the cash Smoke hash And then we're fresh We'll throw a big old bash, y'all And everyone is invited to the bash And everyone, you're all invited to the bash Come on, clap, one time, come on And it is. I mean, like, they're up there heavy metal in their way through it all on these little acoustic guitars. So I had to look up who was Cato and Nash because it rhymed with Tango and Cash. Green Hornet, baby. Really? Yeah. Okay, because this because yeah. somebody on the line was speculating that it's just Nash Cato of Urge Overkill, and I'm like, no, no, what? No, no, no. no. no, it's from the Green Hornet. It is right. Yeah, yeah the TV show, the Green Hornet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bruce well, Lee, right? Yeah, originally. Yeah. All right. Well, yep. then the internet lies again. Anyway, so we'll have Kyle and uh, Jack Black on. I'm hoping next week, but we had Bob do the homework assignment. and I'm happy. After 20 years of asking him to watch it, he does it. It was great. Okay, so good. Me, can I, Let me ask you this. What are they coming on for? What are they promoting? So they got a gig. You know, they tour, and they're playing September 14th in Grand Prairie at the Texas... Texas Trust CU Theater. Yeah. Old, uh, what was it called? The old Verizon, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was something else before that. But Gordon, you need to go 
and you do too, Bob. Dave and I have seen them multiple times. Dude, it is such a fun show. It is, it's part Vegasy. I mean, it's a comedy act. It's and a, so yeah, it's a comedy review and a concert all in one. Right. It's, and it's so I well done. Jack, they're way into it. I think I may need to dust off the old TV cameras and do an interview with them, a la Zach Galifianakis. What you probably should after we do our interview yes. with them. Yeah, oh. you can't cut oh. the line. <laughs> but but thank you. I loved yes, it. Yes, after you guys. And I'd love to go see them live. Yeah, dude, let's I mean, we'll, we'll we'll do it. Booked. It's done. Okay. The four of us? Done. Yes. 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 We'll all go. I'm in. Okay. And we'll go get tuna it's, before. It's September the 14th uh, out there in oh, Grand Prairie. Oh, Shut no. up. You're going. <laughs> all right, Gordon. Thank you very much, man. Drive safe, boys. Weirdo. Yes, and uh, <laughs> tune in tomorrow morning, 535 to 10 a.m. George and I doing the show alone from Choctaw Casino. Sweet. Win some money.